looking at Baptist history and um, talk a little bit about uh, kind of an exciting period, uh, a new period in American history uh, in the 1800s. But if you remember, uh, we're going to look at um, this morning um, missionary efforts to the, to the American Indians, uh, to the indigenous people that were here as we discovered America. You might remember uh, as we talked about Roger Williams uh, back uh, last year, we talked about Roger Williams, and he was a man that uh, was a Baptist, uh, Baptist, he was a Puritan preacher from, uh, from England, he came over to Massachusetts Bay County, and um, quickly uh, fell out of favor there, he found that there was a state church in Massachusetts Bay, much like the one he had left in England, that's why he had left England, and so he um, continued to preach uh, God's word and fell out of favor and they threw him out of Massachusetts Bay, and he had nowhere to go. Um, that, there, was no, there was no other place to go. And so he went uh, to the Indians in that area, and he befriended those Indians. He genuinely loved those Indians. He, he moved among them, witnessed to them, led many, many to the Lord, um, built a great relationship with them. If you remember that relationship, uh, then when uh, Dr. John Clark came to America, the, the Indians sold uh, Dr. John Clark and, and uh, Williams a tract of land that we know as today as uh, Rhode Island. And so they were able to begin their churches there. And Dr. Clark began what was the first Baptist church in America there in, in Rhode Island. And um, so that's the first efforts, kind of not official, uh, but those were true efforts into the, the American Indians. And... It wasn't until, wow, almost 100 years later that there were formal efforts by Baptists to, to reach to the Indians, reach out to the Indians. And, and in about 1823, uh, several churches got together, um, uh, ordained some missionaries, and sent them into, the, into the, really what was the frontier, the wilderness, to, to minister to um, missionaries in different regions. And this morning we want to look at one area, really the first area that Americans went to, uh, and that was the, the Creek tribe uh, that was located in Georgia. Now, in that time, uh, the Indians were being moved uh, out of Georgia. Uh, they would go into Alabama, then they eventually pushed them further west, the American government would. But, um, and that, that story is happening kind of in the middle of all this, but uh, that we, we've talked about that and that kind of very sad time in American history where, where um, that happened. But there were missionaries, uh, Daniel Marshall and his son, uh, moving among those people even during that move and from Georgia and, and, uh, and leading just thousands of Indians to the Lord um, over, over those times. But we want to look at a man today, our focus will be on a man who, who is part of the creek the Creek evangelism, and um, or the evangelism of the Creek people, and Joseph Islands was born uh, into the into the Creek tribe in the colony of Georgia. Um, he very quickly, as a very young boy, was moved. Uh, his his tribe was moved into to Alabama, and I don't know much about the early days of Joseph Islands. That's his name. Um, he uh, seemed to be almost maybe homeless or an orphan raised almost on the street in a sense uh, because of some of the things that happened. But um, he uh, grew up uh, in a very rough, rough uh, situation. And basically it's, it's uh, no man's land out there. It's, it's the frontier. And 
uh, at one point, there is a, a part of his story that he, he wa uh, was uh, going to get into a fight with a bunch of other boys, and he drew a knife, and uh, this wouldn't have gone well. Uh, the boys were, were white boys, and the Indians, you know, you know that, that wouldn't have gone well for him, no matter how that ended up. And so a Baptist pastor actually was there, just happened to be there, um, and saw this happening, and he, he literally just grabbed Joseph Islands and, and hauled him away before he could hurt himself or hurt them, because uh, he knew what direction that, that might go, and he took him in, and this is why I say there must have been some sort of uh, you know, homelessness, he didn't have a family, it seems. He took him in, and he, and he fed him, and he lived, lived there with his family there for a while, and um, he, he witnessed to him, um, taught him scripture, um, gave him a Bible, and really tried to lead him to the Lord in those, in those weeks that he was with that Baptist family. Um, Islands rejected that, and he left and, and went um, and, and really uh, moved west, and then again grew into adulthood on, on the frontier. Uh, somewhere along the line, uh, somebody gave him a violin, and uh, he actually became a very accomplished violinist. And uh, I guess it might be he was a fiddler. Uh, and the reason that is even important is because uh, he became very popular then in a very worldly crowd. Um, uh, the Indian tribes would have dances and, and uh, just these huge gatherings, and he became very, uh, very famous for his violin uh, talent. And he would play at these dances, and, and uh, many of the dances at the end of the dance would turn into basically just a drunken brawl, and people were always hurt, um, always uh, sometimes killed. And actually, in 1842, in one, one night, he was in his uh, mid-20s, I believe, uh, during a drunken brawl, his best friend was killed, and this just devastated the young man. He uh, just just uh, really um, had a grave effect on him. And the next day, he went to the area where they were going to bury his friend, and an old uh, slave had been assigned to dig the grave. His name was Billy, and uh, old Billy, as he was known, was, uh, was really a godly Christian man. And uh, Billy dug the grave. They buried his friend. And um, Billy saw the great distress on the heart of the young man. And he, he uh, used that subject of death. And, and that, as the young man talked about the great beyond. And uh, he used that to share the gospel. And he taught him about Christ coming and dying and, and rising again. And uh, that brought back memories of his conversations several years earlier with that Baptist family that he had gone in with for a few, few weeks. Um, Billy was able to lead him to the Lord in, in the days following that, that burial. And um, uh, Joseph Islands, after he was saved, uh, just became on fire for the Lord and began to witness to his friends, of course, and in his, in his, uh, his near friends. And, but there was a problem in that day. Um, there were very strict laws in the Creek tribes about introducing Christianity or getting together or publicly talking to people about Christianity. And uh, anyone found engaged in, in Christian activity, Christian worship, was severely beaten. They were given 39 lashes uh, by the police. And this law continued for, for many years, um, but Billy and uh, Joseph Islands would meet secretly 
and they would talk about biblical things. Now, now Joseph Islands could read, and he would, he would read these passages. Billy was illiterate. He couldn't read, but he'd been in church all his life, and he explained the passage to Joseph, and Joseph grew, and they met. Eventually, people are gathering with them. They, they couldn't remain silent. Uh, people are being saved, um, and uh, eventually the group numbered about 30 people, and, of course, that brought the attention. Uh, that was brought to the attention of the authorities when the group um, got so big. So... Um, the, the police were, were um, uh, urged to have greater vigilance and find this group and stop this gathering. So they sent out spies. They, they, you know, they, they, they were very secretive. Uh, they would meet in different places each, each night. Um, one occasion, I, I read a story uh, in, in, in reading about this, that um, the police would send out spies, they said, and they would, they would try to find this gathering. They, were, they would go through the woods systematically trying to find where these people were meeting on a certain night. And um, one night, uh, the spy was, was laying on the ground in the woods, and he was right near, just, just a, few, few, a few feet away from the gathering, and Islands was praying. Islands didn't know that the spy was right there, but he was praying for his people. He was praying for the police. He was praying for those persecutors, and he was praying for the spies because they knew that there were spies out there hunting, hunting them down. In fact, Islands, as he prayed, knew who the spies were, and he prayed specifically uh, for the man that was laying just a few feet away by name. And, of course, God used that um, to really convict the, hearts, the heart of that spy that was laying there. The next night, the spy found them where they were meeting, and he stood up in the middle of them, and he told them uh, how he had come under great conviction. Someone pulled him aside and led him to the Lord that night. Just a wonderful stories like that, that that you read about, about this, this man and, and, and what he did. Well, they were not always as successful in, in hiding uh, one time they were surrounded and captured all of them. Uh, one by one, they were led, led away to receive their beatings. Uh, even the women received 39 lashes uh, from, the, from the police, um, the small, small church. Um, but the, uh, the, the one historian says the serenity and submission overcame their persecutors. And, and the captain even tried to shame them. But even, as I said, the women unflinchingly, unflinchingly uh, endured the beatings. And uh, the next day, the captain and several of his men resigned their positions. And they said they could not whip these people who were praying to and loving Jesus. And um, so this is the, the testimony and the hardships that, that these, these people went through. Well, Billy, I'm sorry, uh, Joseph would not, would not be quiet. And so he continually uh, was talking and witnessing, leading people to the Lord. And because, again, go back to that violin playing, he was so well known uh, in, in the Creek um, tribe which numbered tens of thousands of, of uh, people, um, that he was able to reach the, the highest levels of the, of the Creek tribe. And he, he actually led to the Lord the, the wealthiest chief. Uh, the, the family name is McIntosh. The chief has a funny name. His name was Chili McIntosh. And, uh, um, and he was the most powerful chief in the, in the Creek in the Creek Nation, and actually was um, the leader of the Creek Nation. And uh, uh, Joseph Islands was able to lead him to the Lord. And that began a series of uh, really uh, people being led to the Lord. Years later, um, we find that three of uh, McIntosh's children became Baptist pastors. And, of course, that changed everything for the, the Creek tribe. And uh, McIntosh, now that he's saved, he went before the Creek Council and he convinced them to stop this, 
uh, this persecution of, of Christians, and they did. That, that ended. Um, the, uh, so now Joseph Islands was completely free to, to uh, you know, continue uh, witnessing, and what he did then is he began in these groups that had met. Uh, there were six or seven of them at that point. Um, he organized them into churches. Each one of them called a pastor, and we have these six or seven Baptist churches beginning then as soon as that, that, uh, they are legal to, to go forward. And um, so just a, a very interesting uh, moment, and uh, Islands was ordained during that time, um, became pastor of one of those churches. And um, what's interesting about all this and is that from the time that he was saved, I believe in 1842, the law came to an end in 1845, and Joseph Islands would die in 1848. So it was only a six-year period of time where he was a Christian and was able to do all this. Um, just kind of fascinating. And as far as I can tell, there's, no, there's no, uh, no historical record, it seems, of how he died or why he died so young because he seemed to be in his early 30s, 31 or 32 when he died. And um, you think about that. The Lord knew, and he, in God's providence, you know, his, his, uh, his ministry was done, and um, he had six years. And um, he... he um, was able to lead so many people to the Lord and establish so many churches that he's known in Baptist history as the Apostle to the Creeks. And his name is very famous in, in uh, historical references through, throughout and, and the efforts that, that would continue after his death and, and Baptist churches starting and, and, uh, and uh, just hundreds and hundreds of people being, being saved. And so we look at that and we say, well... Uh, that's unfortunate. From a human standpoint, it seems like it's unfortunate. He's only able to live six years as a Christian. But, of course, God knows that. And as I said, the uh, Lord knew that he had finished his course and uh, took him home uh, the end of February 1848. And uh, we want to thank the Lord this morning for this kind of unusual story, but these, these, these backstories of American history, you know, and, and how... Uh, this is a, a Baptist story also. And I want to thank the Lord for Joseph Islands and, and uh, for his efforts, his strength as a Christian to, to, to fight through this persecution. Um, and, um, and the Lord truly blessed. And, and thousands of people would be saved in the Creek Nation because of his efforts. And I want to thank the Lord for, for that this morning.